Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Glad to be here with you today. It looks like we got another cold blast coming in this weekend. Uh, they're talking about tomorrow, you know, yeah. sub-zero stuff. I'm going like, you know what? I don't know about you, but I'm done with winter. Bill, does it seem like uh, the weather changed with a, like almost like a light switch? I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago, and it was like 60 degrees out. Uh, it was. It seemed like an extended summer or spring. All of yeah. a all of a sudden, like uh, the elections came along, hmm, and someone hit a switch, and we had this Arctic blast, and all of a sudden we're in the middle of winter time. Yeah. Well, does it seem like something that global warming would do? You know, actually, I, I don't know, but uh, boy, there's a lot of strange things happening in our. In our world, you know, I we, we talked about Bill the uh, World Economic Forum. Mm, yeah. Oh, before I do that, before I get into the World Economic Forum stuff, I got to play you a cut. Um, right. do you know you know who James Carville is? Oh he, yes, he yeah. was making the comment. If I'm thinking what you're oh, talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, Trump well, raises his hand, yeah, and yeah. you well, know tell when us, you're writing with a felt pen or something like exactly that. That's exactly what it looked like get, to me. You get ink on it. Oh yeah. Well, look, look. Yesterday, well, well, don't don't say what he said. I'll let him say it. Let the people be shocked. Oh yes, yes, yes. they will be shocked. Bill, they will be yeah. shocked. I mean, you can get blisters. You can get ink on your hand. I mean, I know. Well, well, James Carville has a theory. Well, he's a genius. Yeah, yeah, he is. If you go to the Drudge Report, and I think it'll still be up, there's a story that talks about Trump having hand cuts, and you can link to it. They don't look like cuts to me. They look like sores. And I've asked a number of MDs what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores, and the answer is immediate and unanimous, secondary syphilis. All right, I think I think there's a good chance this man has to clap, and I'm not being particularly secretive about it. I am texting the photo. You can link to it. It's in some operation called the Daily Mail. It's some British thing. It's probably a Fleet Street rag, but you know, maybe the picture was doctored or whatever. But uh, maybe the story will go somewhere. Maybe it won't. But I'm telling you, at one o'clock Eastern, I'm humping this thing like a young dog on old furniture. <laughs> what a sick puppy this guy is! Uh, that what did he say? He said it was uh, second stage or second degree syphilis or secondary. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let me just explain something here. Uh, he said he talked to a lot of medical sources. Mm -hmm. Why has he had this before? And he's got got him. You know, he hadn't talked to anybody. He said, "Oh, no. I, I got I got some more. I got some more." new sensationalism out there and what is that it's fake news and they are doing the the left is taking everything they can anything they can trump up to spin mm -hmm. kind of like the you know a segue here you know but we can come back to this like the e Jean uh carroll thing where you know the federal judge appointed by clinton wants to shut trump up but yet e Jean carroll we'll get, i think know? i think we should uh just i just want to point this out the business insider Right, talk mm -hmm. to dermatologist about the you know what could possibly be on his hand if it wasn't magic marker. To me, it looked like magic marker. It looked like That's he used looked a, like to me. He looked like he used a a red magic marker and it, bl yeah. it bled on his hands. But uh, the dermatologist told Business Insider of the four likely possibilities: Trump's hands are too dry, blisters from playing golf. He got lime juice on his hands, or it's a rash from bugs. He might have gotten bitten by a bug somewhere. You know, you're 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 all over the world, and he's shaking hands. And by the way, it's his right hand, and he shakes hands with that. I mean, he might have gotten it from somebody he shook hands with. But for this clown, and I I say this intentionally because Carville, it, he has been a clown for thirty years. You know, he used to stand up for uh, for Clinton when Clinton was having his uh, triest and escapades uh, all throughout mm -hmm. his uh, administration, and he'd def he'd defend him. You know, and he's married to uh, Mary um, Matlin, and Matlin, she yeah. she's a staunch conservative, or she used to be. I haven't seen much of her recently, and I think they're still married, which. I don't know. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
maybe they're uh, able to put politics aside, you know, when they're home. But uh, I can't. Yeah. In my house. So no, anyway, I, I Bill, I, I I think that this guy is just trying to cause trouble, and uh, you know, syphilis. well, they're doing that. Look, they're doing that anyway because you know they're trying to diminish the Iowa thing, saying, well, you know, that not only a portion of the voters showed up oh, yeah. because of everything you know it was it was not the entire population okay whether you have 50 percent or 100 percent, if you got 50 percent of the 50 percent it means you probably yeah. are going to get 50 percent or more of the 100 percent. you know claire mccaskill right she's a former senator who got the position by the way i think because her husband died in office or he had just gotten elected and he i think he had a heart attack or something and she was actually put in place almost as a sympathy vote, right, mm-hmm. uh, if I had that right. I could be wrong, but I think that's the way the story went. But she she got out there yesterday and said, ah, Trump only got 50% of his vote. He's an incumbent, and he's in trouble. She said this. Yeah. yeah I, I thought, wait wanna... a second. He's not an incumbent. incumbent. If you'll remember, Claire, uh, Joe Biden is the president. Trump is a citizen. And 50% of the vote anywhere in any election is massive. And you have the audacity. They're trying to spin this so Mm -hmm. it wasn't the victory that it was, Bill. Yeah, and you know what? It is the biggest Iowa um, blowout in history. Yeah. And with this done by any other previous candidate that's had the blowout there, Mm -hmm especially a non-incumbent, they've all gone on to win. You know, it's, it's, it is a precursor. It is a signal. And it's a signal that, you know what, this train is on the track and it's full throttle. I don't even think it's full throttle yet. I think it's still going. They're throwing everything out there they can. Now, the E. Jean Carroll thing, yeah. I don't know if they can appeal that or not, but uh, oh yeah, she she screwed up. She screwed up because, you know, she said, yeah, I wrote this book or I made these uh, these claims and I thought Trump would come up forward and admit that he did this and he didn't. And that upset her. And, she, and then she was at a party and she admits this to this judge who's asking the question. She's going, yeah, you know... Um, uh, you know, he said that it was because my book wasn't selling. I made the accusations. And then she further goes on to say, well, I realized the book wasn't selling. So in other words, she just admitted that yeah. Trump was right. And then so did she fake it? And then she talked to a never Trumper who was a big, you know, do this, do that. Say, you know, you ought to go to court. No, you don't go to federal court. You got a civil court where it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. You're going to be able to sit there and strong arm money you know and you know what gets me bill she um it's a sham oh absolutely uh she admitted it's a sham well the statute of limitations has run out years ago i mean this supposedly happened when in 1993 or 92 she doesn't even remember the exact date but it happened in the 90s and the statute of limitations has run out there should not be a case going on right now. But because his name is Donald Trump, they they waive the statute of limitations. Figure that one out. Well, what they're going to do is say the book reopened the case and maybe changed the statute of limitations. But you know what? Any I could write a book. I could write a book about somebody that wronged me and I didn't do anything, or maybe I did do something and, and didn't you know, close it, or I could make something up that's way before the statute of limitations. Does that book give me a right? Because I sit there, I said something in a book. How do I know it? How do you know it's hey, true or not? Do you know what else she did? Under cross-examination by Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, who's a very busy lady nowadays defending her client, she deleted emails that were under subpoena. Figure mm-hmm. that one out. There were emails that were subpoenaed. She deleted them. Well, well, I mean, yeah, and- how can that, they just say that's okay. You know, the other thing that happened, Bill, is the judge, she made a mistake in court yesterday, and the judge in court 
almost acted like a defense lawyer for E. Jean Carroll, saying, well, we don't need to talk about that here. He inserted himself in her defense. The judge did. And by the way, there was one point where the defense lawyer, the, you know, uh, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers complained that President Trump was commenting loudly at his uh, seat and that he was causing trouble. So the judge said, uh, yeah. uh, I will remove you, President, uh, Mr. Trump, if you can't control yourself. And uh, Trump made some comment like, I'd like to see you do it or something like that. And she said, and he said, well, you, you, you'd like me to do that, wouldn't you? He, and Trump supposedly said, I'd love it. Meaning, go ahead. I mean, Trump doesn't suffer fools easily, all right? Uh, she's admitted it was a lie. You got the judge that is trying to stifle Trump on what he has to say. And uh, I, I don't know how the whole thing is going to be valid because it's obvious the whole thing was a setup, a sham, and a lie, which is so many things that they're doing on the Trump, you know, against Trump now anyway. And why do people want to sit there and believe, you know, all the shenanigans that they're pulling? And they're going to pull more because mm. we're in the election year. It's obvious that people, I, does the left realize that we're on to them? That the average person is I think they do, Bill. That's a good question. I think they do, and I'll tell you why. Um, I saw, I got an email from a friend of mine who was a conservative uh, in Wisconsin, and uh, he, mm. was, he was talking about uh, how they, they're, they're not even hiding it anymore, the uh, left. They're talking now, apparently, that if Trump gets into office— if, if he gets into office, if they can't stop him, and they're trying, by the way, to use every means necessary to do so, but if they can't stop him, they're trying to convince the military that they have an option to stop him when he's in office. Now, last I heard, that was called a coup, you know? Uh, you know, that's an insurrection. So what are they talking about? And, you know, let's, let's talk about the insurrection. Now, yesterday there was an anniversary uh, of, a, of a guy that's been detained with uh, no charges, no trial, no right. trial set in the future, and he's still sitting there. Now, the interesting story that I saw this morning bright and early, because I was going, boy, it's cold, you know, and I'm, I'm up in Massachusetts thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back Sunday. Well, maybe not, because there's another cold whack coming through. Yeah. Well, here these people are. They're sitting in the the gulag, the DC gulag, which who's calling the shots on that? Well, I think it's uh, Joe Biden. All right? right. Now these people haven't been charged. They don't have trials set and they're sitting in a gulag. So what do they do to these prisoners? They turn off the heat. Yep. And the temperature in Washington DC is 22 degrees. Yeah. And you know, you're in a brick and mortar building, you know, that's like a cooler. So 22, which is below freezing to begin with, you know, it's going to be 10 or 5 degrees in there. Well, they're in their little orange jumpsuits. Uh, supposedly now, the guards are uh, walking around with hoodies and jackets and wool winter hats while all the prisoners have are the, the blankets that they use for the bedding. That's it. So in my mind, all right, because that is cruel and unusual punishment, and let's say that uh, the election turns around, you know, and uh, Trump goes in rightfully so, mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the left is saying, well, you know, he's going to do this and try to get even, get even. Well, let me put it this way. If you're a party to what ends up was a steal mm -hmm. and you went along with it knowing and you punish people knowingly, then you are part of the problem and you need to be persecuted too. And news media that has sit here has sat here and perpetrated a lie, if you knowingly went along with a lie and a falsehood, then you're guilty too. And everybody that has see that's what they're afraid of. This, but that's that's what they're afraid of, Bill. And see, they should be held accountable. They thought but I'm not running for president. They thought the indictments were going to stop Trump. They thought that the raid on the Mar-a-Lago house was going to stop Trump. It didn't. It made all these indictments made him stronger.
And now uh, they, they were convinced that in Iowa, Nikki Haley was going to work. It was going to be the story that would change everything. It didn't. Well, you know, the Democrats that decided to vote, which they could, and they could switch parties temporarily and vote mm-hmm. as a Republican, every stinking 7,001 of them voted for Nikki Haley. So if you think, you know, you see her ad and you go, well, you know, she looks like a kind woman. She's just wanting that, you know, younger conservative generation in there. Okay, look who voted for her. Look at who's promoting her. It is the left. It is Democrats. And what are they doing in New Hampshire right now? They're trying to sell Nikki Haley as the answer. As the answer. And by the way, they're they're making it sound like she is uh, the victor out of Iowa. They're trying to sell New Hampshire like she is the solid alternative to Trump. And she's anything but. I don't know where they're going to go with this. The thing that frightens me, and by the way, it doesn't just frighten me. I hear a lot of other serious people who have been watching politics recently, and they're saying they're concerned for the safety of Donald Trump because they believe that the the left, the people behind the curtain of the left, uh, will stop at nothing to keep him out of office because they know that if he gets into office, the jig is up. They are they are going to have uh, the rug pulled out from underneath them, and they're going to be punished for the evil that they've done. So they they almost feel like they have no alternative. They've they've got to stop him by any means necessary. And and that's mm-hmm. that's the thing that frightens me. I know people are going, oh, that's not going. Hey, listen, uh, it's happened before in our government. We've lost a, a, a president uh, in my lifetime, uh, a guy who was, uh, he was Camelot. He was a larger-than-life personality. I remember as a kid, you know, I mean, I remember seeing Jackie, the queen, and, and King John. Basically, that's how we treated him. All of a sudden, one day in Dallas, it was all over. It was done with a snap of a finger, and people said, oh, it was a lone, a lone gunman in the school book depository, six floors up with a cheap Italian rifle. Uh, I mean, odds are he never could have made the shot, never mind made it uh, two times. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and other people have said, no, we've done investigations. It was uh, more than one person. It was triangulated. There was a guy behind the grassy knoll. There was a guy in a building across the street. I mean, it was more sophisticated than we were told. You know, and, and if you think that I'm the only one who, who believes this, Robert Kennedy Jr., who's running, by the way, as an independent for the presidency. But right, I was no, going to bring him up here no, shortly. Nobody's talking about him. It's like, oh, he's what's yeah. he doing now, right? But he believes that the CIA was responsible. And by the way, who was a big wig in the CIA back in 1963? That's exactly right, Bill. Yeah. And, you know, did Johnson know that it was going to take place? You know, a lot of people believe that he did. A lot of people believe that uh, he wasn't shocked by what happened. If you see the pictures of him, he seemed relatively calm considering you know, uh, it almost seemed like that he was waiting to pick up the phone to find out. Okay, the deed's done. Okay, yeah. You know, it was just he was, he was all the right things fell into place. So what's and you're changed, saying, well, Bill? What's changed? I ask not you. Not a damn. Uh, nothing. Don't we have? Is the CIA still capable of doing stuff like that? Absolutely. Maybe Absolutely. we should, maybe we shouldn't mention this, but I'm going to mention this. We, you you. I said to you initially we wouldn't. We started doing this program uh, about an hour ago, mm-hmm. and and uh, we started talking about the E. Jean Carroll case, mm-hmm. and we started talking about President Trump, and suddenly, for the first time in the history of our program, uh, we lost the Internet. Yeah, we're on a private network now that right. you know, we won't talk about it, but you know, it's, yeah, it's a private one. Yep, and so... We kind of strung something together, and we're here right now with the hopes that it lasts for at least uh, an, enough time so we can get some of the news out. But it just seems that uh, 
it, it seems strange that uh, th- there are these strange coincidences that happen when you do a program like this. We do a show we believe is very honest, but I think we we touch nerves sometimes, don't you? I think there oh, are times. All the time. When, yeah. I mean, there are people who monitor programs like ours, and I think that they think that we might uh, be a little too close to home. Yeah, and you know, uh, Democratic voters don't realize. They're they're used by the deep state. They're agents for them. Uh, And they're made to do, uh, you know, dirty deeds. In other words, they can go to, um, uh, I forget what it is. There's a website they go to. And before uh, Trump ever does a speech, they have all the negative memes and dirty stories. There are a lot of lies right now that Biden continues to tell. And even the left media said, no, 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 that's wrong. That's not true. But they tell the story and the media goes, yep, yep, let's report it. You know, because there's, it's, it's a game plan. They don't care that it's a lie because if they tell it enough, it becomes the truth. And the funny thing is the lies that are proven, they never give up. They never go away. Ever, ever, yeah. ever. The Russiagate, Russiagate, Russiagate. Uh, the urine story, uh, all the, uh, the the sexual innuendo stuff, you know, a good 80, 90 percent of it has been proven wrong and it's in the air. And I'm sitting there going, Trump wasn't this hated, you know, well, when he was not in the political arena, only when he got into it. He was beloved because he gave to yeah. both sides. I mean, guys like Chuck Schumer, they would they would prance up to Donald Trump's office and they would uh, slap hands and be buddy buddy because Trump gave him money. Because Trump yeah. was Trump knew that. Look at I'm an, I'm a businessman. I build buildings. Uh, I want friends on both sides of the aisle. He was smart yeah. like that. He was not a politician. And right now, the the news is fear and fearing that he's going to have the biggest comeback story uh, ever. Right now, I I particularly don't believe he lost 2020, but if you want to believe that, okay, let's just say it doesn't matter. Biden's been placed into the White House, so it doesn't matter whether he legitimately won it or stole it. He is the president per se. End of story. And we're we're facing the next election, okay? And what happened in Iowa, I think, is the first of many. But people are going, ah, he can't do this. Remember back in Trump's history, you know, uh, when you're in business, you have failures. And sometimes you will have some failures that seem pretty catastrophic. And they thought it was the end of Trump. Oh, yeah. Back in the, uh, you know, with the airline and everything else. And his casino in New Jersey and stuff like that. All of it fell to hell in a handbasket. And he sat there and he stepped back and goes, okay. And he rolled up his sleeves and he got busy. He sold off some things redid things and a year later you're sitting there going what the hell he bounced back bigger yeah you know yeah he is a comeback king he knows he learns from missteps you know you can you can you can take a, a what some people would call a failure oh he's a loser no no you know everybody everybody has a misstep in life you can be a boxer in a ring and you take a good blow oh, that's it the fight's over no you know, you know what punch to watch out right. for if you're a good boxer. Well, now yeah. he does too. Yeah, you know the Biden regime, uh, they will stop at nothing. Uh, yeah, they allegedly flagged transactions that use the terms MAGA or Trump. If you shopped at Cabela's or Dick's Sporting Goods, or maybe if you bought a Bible over the last couple of years, uh, you were probably flagged, meaning the FBI put you on a list and and they would look at what you were buying and how much of it you were buying. And if they didn't like what you were doing, they would dig deeper into your background and you were all of a sudden a person of interest by our own government. This Mm -hmm. didn't happen under Trump, by the way. This happened under Biden with his tacit approval. This is what this is what we are living under right now. Sean Hannity was talking with Jim Jordan, talking about this kind of stuff and other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, they're still looking to bring the Biden family in to testify in front of Congress, but I'll let them tell you. Listen. The government's right. perfectly fine releasing my private text messages with Paul Manafort, my private text messages with uh, people that work for the government, uh, my private text messages on January 6th. Um, so I don't really have privacy. How right. are they trying to, they were censoring me? Our government was involved in this. Do I have any recourse for this? Legal well, we recourse? actually have, we've introduced legislation, Senator Paul and I, that would give you some recourse and would hold these people accountable. So that that that's the legislative remedy that we're pursuing. But here's the here's the real takeaway: the censorship industrial complex was bigger than we thought. It wasn't just big government working with big tech to limit your speech and limit Twitter or tweets and posts on Facebook. It was big government, big universities, and big tech all working together to limit speech, and it was disproportionately as you listed off all those conservatives disproportionately targeting conservatives. Molly Hemingway, Sean Hannity, President Trump, members of Congress, you can go down the list. That's who they went after. And here's the kicker. It was all true stuff, or some cases it was satire, it was a joke, but it was all true, and yet they went after it uh, in this organized fashion where they limited how the, the, the reach it would have, the visibility filtering they did, and they took things down. That's how egregious this was. All right, let me ask you about Weiss that you had an opportunity to grill today. Because the, we, we learned from the IRS whistleblowers, and they took contemporaneous notes, that Mr. Weiss said he had no power to bring any charges, investigative charges, right. to Hunter Biden in jurisdictions outside of his own. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Mr. Weiss and didn't Merrick Garland testify to just the opposite? Yeah, Merrick Garland said he had ultimate authority. In fact, David Weiss this summer told us three different things in a 33-day uh, time period. June 7th, he writes me and says, I have ultimate authority to determine when, where, and whether to bring charges. June 30th, he writes me again and says, well, no, actually, I don't. My authority is limited to my U.S. Attorney's District, the District of Delaware. And then July 10th, he writes Lindsey Graham, the ranking member on the Senate Judiciary Committee, and says, well, I've not sought special counsel authority, but I've had discussions with the Department of Justice. Now, today, under oath, he said something different because he was directly asked, did you ever seek special attorney status? And his response was yes, as I pointed out earlier today, yes, in the spring of 2022. So he sought it, but was never actually given that. And yet he maintained somehow that, oh, I still had the authority, even though I asked for it. And even though they never gave it to me, somehow he still had it. So his story doesn't stack up. But the guy's story who does hold true and has never wavered is Gary Shapley and Mr. Ziegler, the whistleblowers. And everything we learned today further confirms what Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler have come forward and told us. And remember, Sean, they stood up to a couple hours of cross-examination from Democrats in the Oversight Committee. And again, their story has checked out with every witness that we've deposed. Okay, so that means that before Congress, one side lied and one side told the truth. Both sides can't be telling the truth. Now, I tend to believe the whistleblowers, uh, the ones right. that took contemporaneous notes, uh, and I tend not to believe uh, the people that we know that have been active and involved in protecting all things Biden family. So yeah. I thought if you lied before Congress, you can get arrested for that and be charged for that. Am I wrong? Yeah, you can. It's tough to prove, but it sure looks like Merrick Garland misled us. I think David Weiss certainly misled us with his initial response to me on June 7th this summer, because that changed, as I said, in a one-month time period. And what he said today didn't back up what he told us in those letters uh, this summer. When will we get the transcribed interview in full? In a couple of days, it'll be ready in a couple of days, and we will make that available uh, so people can. He, there's a lot of questions he wouldn't answer. He stuck to this issue of authority, but there was a lot of questions where he just didn't answer. So there's going to be a lot of that in the transcript. But where he did, I think it, it totally confirmed other witnesses that we've talked to, and of course what Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler have testified to. Their story has never wavered. Their testimony has never changed. The White House has changed multiple times about this investigation, and of course the Justice Department has changed their story multiple times as well. Now, my understanding is you, both you and Chairman George, uh, Comer and Chairman and, and others, uh, are we getting near the point where Biden family members now will be subpoenaed? And if so, yeah. what Biden family members are we looking at? And why did the White House say today that 
the, the 200000 loan repayment from Joe's brother, uh, that they're not going to provide documentation, that's what they're saying, uh, that proves that Joe actually gave a loan that had to be repaid? Uh, I yeah. would think that would be easy to produce, wouldn't you? You would think so. Maybe they don't have it. Who knows why they're doing that? But that's consistent with, with, with the White House. So there are a number of people we want to talk to. We want to talk to Hunter Biden's other business partners, Bob Walker, Mr. Sherman. We want to talk to them. We want to talk to James Biden, Hunter Biden. We want to talk to the guy who stepped forward and paid Hunter, tax, uh, Hunter Biden's taxes. Uh, just, you know, out of the goodness of his heart, stepped forward and paid several million dollars in taxes that Hunter Biden owed. We want to talk to that individual. We want to talk to some of the folks who bought Hunter Biden's art. We think that's important for us to, to get into. So those subpoenas will be coming. Some of those will start, I believe, as early as Wednesday, uh, Thursday of this week. Do you have any doubt that Joe Biden was active in these business deals? Do you have any doubt that Joe Biden lied about uh, what he knew? Uh, do you have any doubt that Joe Biden himself benefited financially? Do you have any doubt that Joe Biden took specific actions when he was vice president that benefited his family members, which would be the very definition of the bribery statute in this country? Well, there's no doubt that he told us things that were not accurate. He said he was never at dinners, never talked to Hunter Biden's business partners, never talked to the people he, Hunter Biden and his, and his team were doing business with. We know that is false. We had that from Devin Archer in a, in a deposition, so we know that is false. And we know that Joe Biden specifically weighed in relative to Burisma and the executives who were under pressure after he gets a call from his son and just a few days later goes to Kiev and, and starts the process of firing the prosecutor. So we know that all happened relative to Burisma. And, and Ukraine. Um, so there sure looks like they told us things that, again, were not truthful. All right, Jim Jordan, thank you. We appreciate it. Wow. You know, I, I couldn't help but think while I was listening to that, if you don't think there's two tiers of justice in this country, you're just not paying attention. I mean, if this were Donald Trump, he would have already been impeached. What did it take him uh, during January 6th? Two weeks. Yeah, two to, weeks, and to, that was it. Yeah. And, they, and then, then they did it again. They, they did back-to-back. And they were overturned both times. But, you know, they, they keep on bringing, well, you know, he's been twice impeached. No, he has not. You know, you well, accused, it's an accusation. Yeah, they, people yeah, mistake the impeachment as being uh, the result. All an impeachment is is like suing somebody. I'm going to sue you. He's been sued, okay? Now, whether or not... He won or lost the suit. That's a that's a different story. That's what an impeachment is. An impeachment is uh, they bring charges. The result yeah, of the it's charges. It's like an indictment. An indictment doesn't mean crap. It means that somebody came forward with enough gobbledygook to say, "Well, I think I got a claim here against him. Let's go to court." Yeah. Well, he's been indicted. Well, that means somebody has accused him of something. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean anything. You've been, any listener out there has been accused of something sure. that they may or may not have done. And, you know, if you didn't do it, you know, you get a, you get up and you get really uh, on the defense about it. Because why are you saying stuff like this? Well, that's what I would do. And, you know, people sit there and say, Trump needs to learn to keep his mouth shut. I don't know that I could keep my mouth shut oh. if somebody was hitting me from every angle. I think in a way yeah. he's justified. Well, I mean, I'd be kicking down the door screaming. You know, this 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 uh, this dweeb judge admonishing Trump from the bench like he's a child, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, hey, pal, scold him, yeah. This is this is a, a former president of the United States of America in your courtroom. If anybody should be treating him with it, uh, uh, an overabundance of decorum, it's you. Mr. Judge, not this president. But, you know, they don't, the left doesn't look at him at, like they should look at any other president. They think they have license to demean him and berate him, you know? Well, here's here's an example of what they do. You know, it, it's, 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 it's a game that they play. Now, if a judge is actually ruling, he's very stern and straightforward and very serious because he's ruling on the law. But when you see somebody sitting there that has that face of they're relishing in, uh, in, in the moment of uh, what they have done, their, their, their one-upmanship, you know, this, it's not about law or about the, 
anything legal. It's it's you know it's political I shenanigans, yes. and they relish in that because they're going ha ha. I've that's what a bully does. Yeah, when a bully one ups you, they relish in that, and that's what and they give you that smirk like. I just did this, and there's not a damn thing you can do. That's true. Well, you know, they they get points, I think, when they go to their cocktail parties with their friends, their leftist friends, and they'll say, oh, Judge, I saw you you put that that guy in his place. I mean, they are the weakest of the weak. Now, most people who are good lawyers will tell you that President Trump— when he, if he loses some of these cases at the lowest level, like they are now, that he will probably have them thrown out at a higher level by serious, serious court uh, situations. You know, uh, appellate courts, or or even if they has to go to the Supreme Court, because none of these cases have any st- substance to them. You know, they standing, yeah, yeah. I mean, even like I say, the Eugene Carroll women will say, well, you know, he may have raped. Listen. Listen, this was supposedly something that happened in 1993. There are murder charges. I, no, I guess murder is the exception. Murder, they can they can go after you for murder for decades. If they find you, they got you. But if you stole something and in, 19, uh, in 1993, well, maybe by uh, 2000, uh, the statute of limitations have run out and <laughs> you won. That's how it works. The The statute of limitations should apply with this E. Jean Carroll case, and they're ignoring them. What does that say about mm-hmm. our system? What does that say? Hey, Bill. Well, you know. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing things out there and unsubstantiated things to, to sway opinion, to let the uh, court of public opinion. And the, so they throw enough crap against the wall. Something's going to stick. Something's yeah. going to stick, and the wall's going to be painted. And so, well, maybe there's some truth to this, and mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. It's like they're throwing everything they can, including the kitchen sink and all the plumbing that goes with it and the, you know whatever crap is in the line, they're throwing well, that. Speaking of, uh, of uh, <laughs> strange situations, right now, once again, in Davos, Switzerland, the World Economic Forum is uh, mm-hmm. taking place. And they're about, what, six hours ahead of us over there in, in Switzerland? Uh, anyway, this morning, uh, they started off their their day not with a prayer, with an inc- incantation by a witch. Listen. I'm not going to play the whole thing because... Part of me is a bit superstitious, and I don't want to hex anybody with that incantation. Mm-hmm. But that—that that is how they started their their day today at the World Economic Forum. They didn't start it with a prayer by a priest or a bishop or a reverend or, or a, a rabbi. No, they started it with a witch. Well, think about that now. They started things with a witch. And, you know, the left will have you believe there is no God. There's nothing there. Well, if there's no God, there's no devil. And if there's no devil, there are no witches. But yet, there's a witch. And let's talk about politicians, left and right, that go to this place out in California, Bohemian Grove. Oh, I know. And they, you know, they do sacrifices. Well, you know what they have in the middle of the forest, Bill? In in the middle of, of the forest, seriously. They have this huge, maybe... 40-foot-tall carved owl, owl, and they literally, it's like they pray to the owl. And and I'm not talking about uh, unknown. These are leaders of our country. That's exactly what I was going to say. These are leaders of our country. So if these leaders are praying to a demonic source, all right, a devil, a witch, which answers to a demonic source, there is a God, and who who is the left hating right now? Mega these oh. Christians. We, you know, the, these. Well, I just the, told the, you in, in the story before this one that if you bought a Bible this year, if mm-hmm. you Bill Knight bought a Bible, odds are your name's on a list somewhere in Washington because, well, he's a Christian. He bought a Bible. Can you imagine that? What's he thinking? You know, 
Uh, I'll, I'll mention the guy by the first name, Jerry. That's it. Uh, in in Pittsburgh, and when okay. I used to do a lot of political stuff and everything, this guy was a devout atheist. But he read the, you know, he said, eh, you know, for blanks and giggles, I'm going to read the Bible. He read it all the way through. Didn't convert him over. But he goes, eh, interesting story. Going to read it again. Didn't convert him over. Interesting. You know, but I know that I'm going to, I missed something in there. He read it again. And he's a man of faith now. He believes in God. I, I don't know and how, and this is just me, okay? I don't know how I could go through this world without a solid belief in God because I know that in the toughest times, and we've all had them, you just talked about it, Bill, we've all had mm -hmm. tough times. Uh, I've always turned uh, to God and there's always been some kind of strength that I've, I've gotten from that. You know, uh, you know, somebody said, I, I, I was down and out and I asked God, I asked God and nothing happened. Well, maybe sometimes the answer is no. You know, we don't. Maybe we don't like the answer. Maybe we're not happy with the answer that God God gives us. But I do believe He's always there for us. Well, and, it's like the Stone song: "You don't always get what you want, but you get what you need." Yeah. Well, I, you know, you get these people that sit there and they they talk negatively and everything. But you know, the funny thing is, somebody can sit there and deny His existence all their life. But what is the one when they're in pain? Oh, God. When somebody's dying, if an atheist uh, on the battlefield is dying or an agnostic, many times they say you'll hear them saying, oh, please, dear God, don't let them. I mean, they, this conversion, a battlefield conversion, they call it. It's a name for it. You know, guys who mm -hmm. apparently have no faith and all of a sudden something terrible happens to them and suddenly they're, uh, they're asking God for forgiveness. And, and, and well, all you, you have know, to do, Bill, is look I, around and see. You can see the devil. I don't want to sound mm -hmm. terribly, uh, you know, theological here, but you can see the evil in our world. It's yeah. not hard to see. Look, in death, there is a crossover moment. And in that crossover moment, you know, there is a certain amount of purity that you do see and witness. I'll just leave it at that. You know, so when you say that these people at these, that moment of death, they go, oh, you know. Well, let me ask you a question. I'm going to step into an area, and you don't have to answer mm, if you don't want to. But okay. no, no, no. I just, you can just you can say it or you don't have to. But my friend here uh, had a near-death experience. You probably heard about these things, right? Uh, people out there, you, you, there have been books written about them. They're called NDEs, mm. near-death experiences, where people will, uh, their heart will stop. They'll die for a period of time, and and you know, the, the the liberals will try to poo-poo it, like, oh, it's no big, it's it's electrons in the brain firing off at a, a record rate, and uh, they have all these answers for it, but then there are certain things that happen to some of these people when this experience happens that they can't justify it with saying that it was electrons going off. For example, mm. sometimes people will say, well, I heard so-and-so say such-and-such such about me Yeah, when, when they were supposedly dead, do you know? Uh, but my friend here was uh, having a, a health issue, and uh, he had an experience. And so yeah. he, when, he, when he tells you what he just told you, it's not just coming off the top of his head. There's an experience that made him feel that way. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, you're right, and I'm not going to go into it because I, I, I don't want I, you know, look. Sure. You, you, you address it when people find out. Well, what was it like? What, you know, this and that. And, and, and at a point, you're just going. I don't really. It's 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 hard to explain to, to people who haven't experienced it, right? Well, what I will say, you know, when somebody talks about near death and death experience, those are two different things. Near death is not death. You know, but you might be, and that's why I say there's like a crossover point. You know, you and when you're near death, you're probably at that. Well, you're not probably. You're at a threshold of something. So I'm not saying you can't see something. I'm just saying there's a difference between the two. When you cross over, you cross over. Now that doesn't mean you don't come back because you don't come back willingly. Let's just say that you're out. You know, until a doctor calls it, uh, you can be brought back at pretty much any time. I always thought it was 10 minutes, but apparently it's 20, you know, at which point in time they finally just say, no, 
you know. Right. A lot of these NDEs, I've read a, a number of different books about NDEs. Uh, there's a guy who wrote back in the 70s. Actually, he's the guy who, who started the whole conversation. His name is Dr. Raymond Moody, and he wrote a book called Life After Life. And, and the term NDEs came out shortly after that book came out, and, and I think there's some confusion. Near-death experiences in the case of most of these situations were people who their heart stopped, they were unconscious, they essentially had coded, and somebody had decided to keep resuscitating, and after a period of time, suddenly they came back. It says to me that uh, there's something more when we step across. There's something more when it all ends. You know, again, you know, it's a discussion that, sure, I could talk about, but it would be another. It's complicated. Um, And you do see things. And I don't know that it's the same for everyone. But when you you cross, you cross. Uh, I can tell you this. uh, Probably, uh, you know, time after time, people that have done that, uh, and they're brought back, they really don't want to come back. You know, you cross over that. I mean, um, I've heard that and, many and that's, times. That, that's, that, that's the truth. You know, um, I'm glad I'm here, but I'm just saying there was that moment where you're just going, what? You yeah. Know, what's going on? I've heard it's, so. I've heard there's peace on the other side and uh, a love. It really is. I guess that, that, that a lot of people felt a, a warmth mm-hmm. that they felt was loving uh, on that side. But a person that may, may not believe that there is a greater power out there, God, uh, and they deny it. They say, I don't believe in God, but you know, but then, then they say they're atheist. Well, that means you believe in the devil. You believe that there, if you believe there's a lower power, there's a higher power. Mm-hmm. And let's just put it that way. But they acknowledge at death, you know, that mm-hmm. they all of a sudden had a change of heart, or maybe they were in denial the whole time and they're going, I've got uh, this, it's now or never. You know. So they have this World Economic Forum in Davos. All of these leaders meet from around the world. I have, by the way, I have uh, about seven minutes of Klaus Schwab that I could play. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll save it for tomorrow because uh, yeah, we have we have. Uh, but I think we've been stretching our luck on this program, uh, getting as far as we've gone with this patchwork setup that we're using. Um, but I can tell you that. Uh, he talks in his opening discussion about about uh, the the fatherland. He talks about uh, how th- these people at this forum in Davos, how they're the trustees of the world. They're the trustees, and these are all for the most part unelected. This is a this forum is they're people from these different countries. We didn't vote these people in to be our trustees. We didn't vote mm-hmm. these people in to decide how the world was going to go and how we were going to live in this world. These are all uh, people who are uh, globalists who believe that they have control over our lives. Well, I don't like the fact that he mentioned the fatherland. The fatherland, you know, yeah. that's a very Nazism thing, and that that's kind of scary that... Uh, you know, that transpired there. But, you know, the whole thing is scary, and, and the witch is scary, and that should scare you because these are the people, these are the oligarchs that are said the money that is sitting there that holds the purse strings to the world. And really, do they really hold the purse strings, or did they put themselves in a position to lead you to believe that they, well, I mean, they live in nice places and everything, but they are in a place of power to where they control yeah. Any anything. But you know, the real the real gold and the real money of the world is you and me and the common working man, because without us, they got nothing. And you gotta remember that. And so when they go and have this meeting, it's not about your prosperity and what's good for you. It's how they can maintain control of us and what's good for them so that they can keep their high and mighty places and, and keep us under the mushroom, under their thumb. That's yeah. what it's about. You know, the uh, thing I thought of when I looked at this World Economic Forum, I kept thinking, who's footing the bill for all this? Uh, who's yeah. paying for the, this uh, massive, uh, every year they have this 
really uh, expensive conference in Davos, Switzerland. And, you know, things that have just been accepted by the world as the years have gone by. For example, we've never really found all of the Nazi gold that the Nazis extracted from uh, the Jews of the world. I mean, we've found some. But not all of it. Mm. They're still looking Wonder for. Wonder knows where it is. Well, they're 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 looking for trainloads apparently of gold that the the Nazis have that they just can't find. They some will say, well, it's in tunnels in Poland. Others will say that uh, it's in. Uh, there's a big lake. I forgot the name of it. Uh, I believe in Switzerland, where apparently uh, it's so deep that they they dropped it into the water and it's. Too hard to get. This is how they, but you know, in reality, there's a possibility that they know exactly where it is. It's probably in some Swiss bank somewhere that nobody can get their hands on unless you have the the account number. And uh, you know, they're very protective. The Swiss are about who uh, has access to certain accounts. Forget that the money may have come from. Uh, you know, the, the poor prisoners of the concentration camps, that's insignificant to these bankers. They have, uh, they have banks, they have rules. You put your money in their banks, they'll protect it, and nobody can come, in, even with a court order. If the U.S. had a court order to see a bank account in Switzerland, they'd tell you to go pound so, uh, tar. So, yeah. uh, I mean... Um, I, I think to myself that uh, there's still people out there who had that money and that access and that power, and uh, we're seeing it on occasion. When you see these people mm-hmm. like John Kerry fly into Davos, Switzerland, John Kerry hasn't done a hard day's work in his life. I mean, and this, he never this, will. This is a guy who, uh, he went to, when he went to Vietnam, he had a guy with a camera go with him so he could take movies of him. He, 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 I think he was in the Navy, but he, he dressed up in Army field fatigues so he could look like he was out uh, you know, in the jungle fighting. I mean, the guy is a poser. He was a poser in, in the Army. He was a poser in his political career, and he's a poser now. And, yeah, and, and well, he, you know. he's an example of what you can expect uh, mm-hmm. in Davos. You Go know. ahead. There's there's a scary thing. I think it was um, oh what's her name? Uh, either way, the 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 blonde newscaster that uh, didn't Trump hated during the debates, then had her with him, and now he's kind of heckling on her again. But I guess she was on uh, Fox praising um, uh, Kamala because I think Kamala's been away being schooled on the media because apparently she showed up on the View. And was it you know, Martha saw, McCallum? Uh, no, no. no. Kelly, uh, uh, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. That's it. Yeah, she uh, she was talking about it. It was either her, or, well, either way, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Point is, she's praising Kamala, and I saw the interview with Kamala and said, "Oh, I can't wait to hear the cackle. I got to hear the cackle." She didn't cackle, you know, and she was talking to from woman to woman, and so somebody's coached her, and but Kamala is Kamala, you know. You might coach her in how to talk. But she's still Kamala, and they're trying to, uh, you know. You know, she said something. She said something in an interview yesterday, I believe. She said uh, in a very serious tone. She said, uh, "You know, it doesn't make a difference who wins in the Republican side. We're going to win." And she mm-hmm. said it with, she she said it with a no a, a knowing, yeah, a knowing that uh, was like ooh. Wait a second. Like you said, no cackles here. You know, no cackles here. She's been coached, and you know they're they're keeping Joe locked away. You know, he comes out to uh, do whatever, yeah. and he might say one word, and then he's gone for four weeks on vacation. Because I don't know that he's got the fortitude to even, you know, you know when he does the walk, he looks like he's trying to jog and. You know, he's trying to keep from falling on his face is what he's really trying to do. But uh, this guy can't run for another term. But they they want to keep the name Joe. They want to keep his face kind of out there. And if they can get past the finish line or get to the finish line, I think they feel they can steal this election. Yeah. And 
And the reason they're probably floating the military action, they're going to say, well, that MAGA people, they, you know, we have to protect democracy. Well, that's what a lot it's of people... It's going are, to be a bad year. A lot of people are saying that between now and November, there's going to be a major military crisis, a major event's going to happen, and it's going to be such an event that they're going to either postpone the elections, uh, which would be amazing. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be something which is going to be uh, not seen before in our history. Right. We've never had an election postponed that I can remember. Uh, even during no. even during the Civil War, we had our elections. So, uh, well, look, they're, they're, the Democrats are trying trying to steal now. They're trying to steal the primaries. They tried it uh, because they they wanted to boost Nikki Haley, and she got third place because they want the weakest candidate to run for president, but they can't seem to take out Trump. And they got a lot of Democrats that have switched parties right now. And I think that's the party switch that, you know, people are talking about because they're going in to vote for Nikki. And then as soon as they vote, they go back to voting for Democrats. They'll vote for Joe or whoever they're told to vote for. And no, they don't have a preponderance of numbers, but what they want to do is they want to weaken Trump as much as they can to hopefully divide the Republicans. The Republicans got to unite and stand united. And no matter what the turnout is, vote Trump. Uh, and that's that's the end of the story. And, I'm, and, and I'm, I don't mean that as a negative towards DeSantis, but it's time. This election is over. It's time to sit there and unite. And give the people what they want, because even after they vote for a DeSantis, they go, no, Trump's the guy. I don't care if he's indicted and convicted. I want him. Because right. they know what they had before is better than what they got now I think, I think and that what's in store for them. That's an interesting point. I think, I think that if you look around and you see people who are running, who are just adamant about staying in the race, uh, they want more than anything to sully Trump's reputation. They're not really, mm -hmm. they, they, they don't, it, it's obvious right now to many, many people. There's a new Boston Globe uh, poll that came out uh, yesterday, much to the chagrin of, I'm sure, of Nikki Haley, where she lags way behind Trump. Boston Globe, mm -hmm. by the way, is not a fan of Trump. The Boston mm -hmm. Globe is definitely not, not a fan of Trump. So uh, it, it is. Uh, it's going to oh. be interesting times. Uh, I I think we're just uh, about run the gamut here, my friend. Do you have anything else you yeah. want to you want to bring up? Well, yeah, there's a lot of things to talk about, but I'll mention this. It's kind of interesting. The Baltimore Sun has been bought by yeah a screaming diehard conservative, and the left is freaking out because yeah. there's a major newspaper that could very well uh, start, you know, showing conservative. Stories, yeah, I, I believe his name least. is Smith, and I believe he's the chairman of Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the funny thing about it, Bill, was a year ago or two years ago, uh, there was talk of the demise of that paper, and then it was going to be bought up by this company that literally buys up old newspapers and then chops them down to the, the, the bone, you know, and then dissolves mm -hmm. them. And there was all oh, there was the the gnashing of teeth and the wringing of hands. Oh my God! Yeah, they they're going to oh they're going to lose the newspaper. All of a sudden, this guy, a conservative, comes along. He has all the money in the world. He says, "I'm going to buy the paper." He buys the paper. He's a conservative, and you know he's rescuing a ton of jobs. You know, in the press room and the reporters, and they're all going to keep their jobs. You would think they'd be dancing in the street. No, these reporters are all PO'd because he's a conservative. Mm -hmm. it, it bothers them more that the paper is owned by a conservative than seeing it uh, go by the wayside. Okay, my friend, I'll let you go. I know we, uh, we've we had a, an interesting day. I hope this show is coherent because it was uh, put together uh, in a strange way. You should see how we did it, folks. But we did it. And a uh, cobbled network today because uh, the internet on your end went down, which uh, yeah, I, you know, I which I, uh, ironic. I don't get it. I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, by the way, if you want to contact us, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. And there's Jim and Bill at mail.com, So there, you know how to get in touch with this. There's only one thing left to say, and. You know, we say it from the bottom of our hearts, but, uh, you know, it's come that time of the show. 
when we have to just wring our hands and go, hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. This is CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs> 